right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right, welcome back to another episode of Farming Assets. Feel free to subscribe, give us a thumbs up if you like what we are saying here. And if you are a subscriber already, welcome back. We're excited to have you back here. And if if you don't like the content and you want to leave early or you're like, this guy is a bunch of BS, who does he think he's in? Go ahead and subscribe anymore. anyways. Go ahead and uh, get a subscription, get notification when we have upcoming episodes coming out every uh, Thursday. We have an episode that comes out and you can complain and dislike me every Thursday and keep your life very consistent. Now, if you like me, do the same thing. No, I guess no matter what, just subscribe, period. But uh, okay, so let me go ahead and share my screen here today. And not that you can see my screen, but I am uh, need to see my screen because I, as you know, I go through various articles of information that's out there. And this is an article from June 9th. So it's a little bit old, I guess, if you consider two months old, but June 9th of this year, and it's by NPR. Okay, so uh, a bit of a liberal bent on this particular article, but let's see what they have to say. Because this article title captured my eye. I have no idea what they're going to say, but let's find out. America is going through an oil boom, and this time it's different. See, aren't you intrigued? No wonder I clicked on this. So let's find out. Midland, Texas. Okay, imagine panning the camera, West Texas, we're in Midland, Texas, nothing but desert and, and rolling flat plains. And the camera pans out, you got the sun rising, and Midland, Texas and action. All right. America's oil industry is booming in a surprising way. I should just stop there, right? Leave this liberal article alone and just leave it at that. But I'm saying liberal article because it's from NPR. We'll see. Let's see what it looks like. It doesn't look much like the booms of the past when companies would scramble to pump as much oil as possible and the region would attract so many workers, it became impossible to find housing and free hotels. By the way, the majority of those workers made a six-figure income, right? So, but why do we want to export oil in a, from America? Why do we want a strong economy and have people get paid money and, and the government collects taxes off that income? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But anyways, I, I digressed. I apologize. Instead, a sector infamous for its booms and busts is finally learning how to embrace the one thing they've never been known for, moderation. Ah, here we go. This shift is going a lot of is doing a lot of good in the Permian, America's most prolific oil basin. Oil companies are raking in profits and the steadier work has also been good for workers across the region. But the economic, geopolitical and climate implications are more complicated. Here are five things to know about this shift and what it means. All right, not bad so far. Oil prices are volatile, but still very profitable. Last year, Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent crude prices soaring well past $100 a barrel, and that meant producers were making money hand over fist. Prices have since fallen, but they remain at or above their pre-pandemic levels. Significantly, 
they've consistently been high enough for most producers to drill new wells at a profit. The most recent survey from Dallas Federal Reserve found that the average Permian producer can break even on a new well when WTI, a key reference price for oil prices, is trading at $61 a barrel, and currently prices are well above that. Okay, so it costs a producer of oil for a new well $61, okay? If prices are at or below that, they ain't making money, okay? Now, when prices are above that, they have some profits, okay? So that's good. The result, big profits for companies and higher employment and wages for workers in the Permian Basin. But something unexpected is happening. This is where on a TV show, it would go to commercial. Right. But now we're back from a commercial. Before the pandemic, the US oil industry followed a predictable pattern. When there was an increase in prices, the US shales players would rush in and increase production to try to capture the price increase, says Aggie Gildian, the head of US energy for global accounting firm KPMG. In previous boom times, more than 500 drilling rigs were operating simultaneously across the Permian as oil companies chased high oil prices. All those wells contributed to huge growth in oil supply, which then led to a huge oversupply, which then inevitably led to huge price crashes and a resulting collapse in drilling activity, boom, bust, boom, bust. But last year, despite prices topping at $100 a barrel, rig counts stayed in the mid-300s. They held there as prices dropped, and that's where they remain today, more or less leveling off. Now, here's where this is a side commentary. This, again, I'm not an oil expert. I'm just a random dude. Okay. What if manufacturing in the United States starts increasing again? Right. So, if you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me talk about China and their economy, and a lot of manufacturing is actually leaving China, and some of it is actually coming back here to the States. Okay. Now, manufacturing is going to require oil. Okay. Now, most machines are what? Most machines run on electric. Okay. But they're also lubricants that help machines be more effective and work well and maintain. And lubricants are part of oil. Okay. So it would be interesting to see what happens. As demand increases with the manufacturing increases, what happens to supply? Supply is going to have to bump up again. So there's going to have to be more rigs. Will there be more rigs? That's the question I have. There are multiple factors keeping companies from drilling even more. Supply chain shortages, trouble hiring workers, or for some companies, a lack of good sites to drill. But a huge factor in the shift towards moderation is pressure from investors who want oil companies to share the profits with them rather than uh, funneling the earnings back into the ground to make more oil. Well, I think there's a little bit of give and take. I don't think it's all about the, the investors, but let's continue. Investors are actually demanding more discipline from these shale producers. They want return of dividends and cash back to shareholders versus prioritizing just growing production. The result, production in the Permian is still growing, but it's growing more gradually, and it's been growing steadily even as prices swing swing around. That's good for producers, including OPEC+. Plus. 
More restrained investment means oil companies are less likely to suffer the bust that used to royal the industry. And while oil prices are high, companies are paying down debt, merging with rivals to strengthen their position and churning out cash. But that positive economic impact for uh, individual companies for oil producing regions like the Permian and for major segments of American economy. More discipline from American oil companies is good for the global cartel known as OPEC+. The shale resolution has reshaped global oil politics, turning the U.S. into the world's top producer and an OPEC plus rival instead of just a customer. That means that anytime OPEC plus considers cutting production, it has to weigh whether U.S. producers will jump in to pump more crude, seizing more market share from the cartel. We can thank Trump for this. During Trump's administration was one of the first time we became an exporter of this particular resource. And so now it has put OPEC plus in their place. Okay. So that this is important. This is very important. All right. That's much less of a concern today with shale producers keeping their growth in check. OPEC and its allies can cut output, pushing up prices without risking any shale bonanza. In fact, Saudi Arabia announced yet another voluntary cut in production over the weekend, while some other members of OPEC Plus extended their own voluntary cuts. They believe over the medium term that they are in a very strong position in the market, that shale companies do have to respond to shareholders who do ask for capital discipline. The impact on global markets will play out for years. Duh, duh. And that's not just the oil industry. That's all industries. And it's not great for customers. As usual, good news for oil companies is bad news for oil customers, even if it's not currently visible from prices at the pump. Gasoline prices in the U.S. currently average a little over $3.50 nationally, more than a dollar lower than last year. For the next few weeks and months, gasoline analysts aren't predicting anything close to last year's sky-high prices. But in the media, now remember this article is June, so we're going into summer prices, okay? But in the medium and long-term, less investment in oil production means less supply, which drives prices up. To be clear, U.S. oil production is still increasing, but it's not increasing as quickly as it once would have. The big wild card is whether global recession materializes, but if it doesn't, analysts think supplies will continue to lag demand given the restrained production from U.S. and OPEC plus producers. A forecast released this week by Enverjus, an uh, energy data analytics company, predicts the Brent oil crude benchmark will top $100 a barrel again later this year. Cool. The impact on climate is less clear. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right. Here we are. Climate scientists say that the world needs to rapidly reduce its use of oil and natural glass, gas and implement other emission cuts to limit the devastating impact caused by climate change. And that's doable, they say, thanks to cheaper renewable energy and other alternatives. There is no cheaper renewable energy and other alternatives. You forget to look at the cost of these renewable energies and what it costs to the economy because of the climate scientists and climate change agenda. But that's all right. We'll move on. That's for a different talk. So is a slower growing Permian in line with tra uh, transitions away from oil? No. Guinea argues that this restraint from producers could free up money and bandwidth for companies to focus on cleaner energy emission reduction, positioning themselves to continue profit as the world shifts away from oil. The world is not shifting away from oil, folks. No matter what you think, it's not shifting away from oil. 
But so far, oil and gas companies are sending the bulk of their cash back to investors in the form of dividends and share buybacks rather than dedicating it to new greener ventures. In the not, not greener, by the way. And the sheer profitability of oil means that companies have very little incentive to invest in anything else. In fact, they can be punished by the market if they try. Oil companies are also unconvinced that the world actually will transition away from oil. I agree at least at any approaching speed. And as a country, we'd be idiots if we moved away. And the reason being is that there is still this thing called military. There is still this thing called people who want power and control. And if everything is on electric or wind, we're going to have all our tanks sitting in the middle of fields because we're waiting for the battery to charge them back up. So I'm sorry, ain't happening. And you can't use extension cords. So at the end of the day, in order to keep America powerful and strong and protect ourselves, our allies, and those that can't protect themselves from the bigger and badder guys, we're going to need oil to be able to keep a very strong and confident military. The oil industry is talking and advertising about climate change now, but companies are openly skeptical about the actual speed of transition away from oil. They're talking about it because you're jamming it in their face and they don't want to be quote unquote canceled by you guys. And the truth is, is that oil companies will always be around. The U.S. oil patch may have discovered restraints, but there's no indication that it's on the road to reinvention. So anyways, so I thought that was interesting. Caught my eye. NPR talking about oil. So not as bad as I thought it could have been. So I thought it was actually fairly good. So, but if you like this content and you like this random dude, myself going through these articles and kind of trying to sift through the BS and find out reality for you and I, then feel free to subscribe. All right. Make it a great day. All right, welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcast of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. 